What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to, I believe this is episode 43 of Batman News Weekly. Uh, we have a lot of comic stuff to talk to you about, a little bit of entertainment news, more Batwoman Fallout, which is getting really interesting with that show. Um, some very awesome stuff for Harley Quinn. I don't know if you guys <laughs> awesome, maybe heartbreaking. I don't know what you want to talk about in that show, because I think it's getting fantastic. Um, but before we jump into all of your Batman goodness, we do want to talk about some of the crazy shit. I feel like we always got crazy shit going on right now. 2020 is just full of crazy shit. But this week has been just overwhelming. I can I can say that myself. Yeah, for sure. With everything that's been happening on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. Obviously, we're talking about the whole Black Lives Matter movement. We do want to state here that on Batman News Weekly, we do support the Black Lives Matter movement. Sure. Uh, you know, we do want justice for George Floyd and anybody else that has been just you know involved in police brutality or just fatalities or anything like it's just it shouldn't be happening in america so we figured we wanted to acknowledge that because i know there is a lot of different movements happening online some people are saying not to post this week other people are saying just to be involved uh, if you follow me on instagram i've definitely had my opinions on this um, but i do still support the movement in all things we've talked about it on the live stream and yeah me and clay just wanted to kind of uh, keep the show going for those of you that need a break. Yeah, you know that I know personally. I feel like that's like one of the biggest things. One of the biggest mm -hmm. things is we definitely understand the circumstances of what is going on in the world, but we definitely want to do the show because, like you said, it can be overwhelming. Me and my wife, yeah. we are constantly. Uh, you know, retweeting things and talking about it and being aware of things that are going on. But when we get home, usually, you know, since the past four days, I was, you know, off of work or whatever. On those four days, you know, we were constantly doing this online stuff. But then when we finally said, okay, it's time to settle down, we just put on a random movie and we have some time to laugh. We, you know, talk about random stuff because you have to get away from it sometimes. That doesn't mean yeah. we're being ignorant to what's going on. We just want to have time for ourselves and then, you know, do whatever, you know, the next day or immediately after sometimes. So, yeah. And I will I am always somebody that is really big on admitting your faults and stuff like that. I've done it multiple times and I even started like I was very when this all started, I was I was one of those purpose people that focused on the looting and the rioting, like because just I'm not a big fan of it. I, I personally don't think it helps the cause. But at the same time, I understand why it's happening and so um but seeing more and more of the public eye videos like the people that are there that it's happening and stuff and like the crazy like just um you know tear gas and all this stuff happening it's it's like i said it was overwhelming and i just saw people's just like footage after footage after footage and it really kind of made me change my tone i still have opinions on that i still don't I'm not a fan of the looting and rioting but I'm also not that kind of person that doesn't separate them. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like, I mean, we're, we're Latinos, so it's a lot of people are like, oh, you're illegal or whatever. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but, you know, there's just, there's too much generalization in the yeah, world. Yeah, sure. So I've uh, definitely, I do not put the peaceful protesters in with the looting and rioting. Um, but I think it is, you know, for anybody that is listening to this or that may be really into this, Please just give a lot of people just time to just some people are just taking it in and just learning like nobody's posting about it. You know, some people are just like, I just going to learn because like some in this particular space, sometimes you 
you shouldn't even say anything. You should just listen and try to help out if you can. Um, because I did like that black square thing, you know, a lot of people did on Instagram. And then like not even a few hours later, it was like, don't do this. And I was just like, oh, shit. Um, so there might have been a super mic peak there. I don't know why. But uh, just in case you hear that on this on the freaking recording, guys, I apologize. I don't know why. I just found it really weird in my headphones. Um, but yeah, we just want to throw that out there. Uh, just at the start of the show, we're going to go ahead and now jump in to comic books. We're going to change this up a little bit first because we've had some interesting comic books. Uh, comics are finally starting to come in in the regular, I guess, schedule? I don't know how to really yeah, say that. Yeah, you know, they, they're coming um, out regularly now. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to say as far as comic book news is mm. the relationship between DC and Diamond is actually not completely over. Uh, I think... Now that mm-hmm. Diamond is going to start uh, pushing out comics again within the next few weeks, yeah. I think DC will then continue their relationship with them. So this like comics on Tuesday thing for DC yeah. may only be temporarily. So mm. we'll we'll still see. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. Um, I would hope that they would just branch off and be like, "Fuck it." Um, but we know from the comic shop I go to that they're keeping it on Wednesday. So DC might actually be like, well, fuck it. If comic shops are just going to keep it on Wednesday, then we can't do this Tuesday stuff. Although if they keep it for digital first, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Because like I said, we've been talking about a lot of digital firsts here and they're really good. And if you can get that on Tuesday, then get your normal books on Wednesday. That's pretty fire. Um, so I think that would be really good. So speaking of digital first, because we have a lot of good stuff that is the new stuff um, that has come out, but I want to talk about the digital first this week because, uh, like I said, I've been ranting and raving about these things. They're a dollar. We're going to point that out every single time because you are getting, what, 17 to 20 pages at times of just a good Batman story. And you don't, you can literally, from all of these, none of them have connected. They're just good Batman stories. So you can start at seven, you can start at three, you can start at five. You don't even need to buy them in order. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this week is Batman number seven, Gotham Knights, number seven is what I should say, and it has to deal with the most random character, or one of Batman's most random characters, Killer Moth. Uh, so what what was your thoughts on this? You know, you say the most random character, Mm -hmm. and the very first page, Batman talks about Killer Moth as if he is something like the Joker. Or like the Riddler. I've never seen anybody talk about Killer Moth like this. Like how dubious he is. And how, you know, he is like three or four steps ahead of Batman. I'm just like, this is Killer Moth. Most cartoons that I see with Batman, Killer Moth is usually the joke character. Killer Moth and Calendar Man are the two characters that are normally jokes in Mm -hmm. cartoons. And so when I saw this serious take on killer moth i it it piqued my interest i was like okay why is you know batman taking this so seriously it's only killer moth and yeah you know we we had two little issues you know i had my issues you had yours and yours Mm -hmm. makes total sense now that you know we actually discussed it at at work but yeah you know i i actually enjoyed this you know uh one big thing that at first I had a problem with, but I said, oh, this is something that Batman does in the animated series, is mm-hmm. how he kind of learned from Firefly, and he 
he like he almost in- inspired. Moth. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, not Firefly, Killer Moth. That's who I thought it was first at on the cover. I was like, oh, that's Firefly. But then I read it. I was like, oh, Killer Moth. That's how much of a joke yeah. he's been. Like you don't even rem- remember yeah. who he so, is. So, uh, you know, Batman even says, oh, he inspired me. And you know, talking about like the jet boots or you know, getting a jetpack type of thing. Yeah. And that is definitely something Batman did in the animated series. He would see how you know a certain character would be getting away, or how he would be stealing or doing whatever you know act of villainy, and then Batman mm-hmm. would adapt to it, and he would learn. This is exactly what he's doing here. Yeah. So I'm okay with seeing that. Now, uh, the whole yeah. premise is that Batman, you know, knows something is going on in this warehouse with Killer Moth, and so mm-hmm. he's going to be there, and you know things start to heat up he hears you know gunshots he's like okay you know whatever's happening is already happening i need i need to get there now and it looks yeah. like killer moth is freaking dead and like as soon as that happened i was like mm-hmm. oh shit like this is gonna be you know a story about you know the life of killer moth but it doesn't exactly yeah i mean technically yes and technically no at the same time but uh mm-hmm. it the twist was like i i would say the twist of the whole reveal was probably i got it like a panel or two before it happened Mm -hmm. what would you did you did you oh when they reveal the cop that part or the security guard or whatever Uh, yeah no i wasn't looking into it so much because at the same time i was thinking because when i was reading it one, I never gave Killer Moth this much credit. <laughs> so I was like, he probably could die from this dude, you know? Um, but at the same time, I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be a story of Batman not being able to beat his like big foe. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what the story was going to be. Not about Killer Moth trying to like fake him out or whatever. So no, I didn't catch it a few panels or pages ahead. You know, I almost, um, so I what... almost thought like mm-hmm. when you saw the dead Killer Moth, I was like, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, I finally get to see who's under the mask, and like they would make yeah. it about that, but they didn't, of course. So, yeah. so when he started talking about you know uh, the moth to the flame, like literally. You know, with Killer Moth finding his lair, or Batman finding Killer Moth's lair, or at least faking one, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about uh, bears, but he didn't say how many. And that's when yeah. the uh, security guard said the amount of bears and the type of bears. And yeah. so that got me, I was like, oh, this dude's probably Killer Moth. That's weird. Yeah. And that's when. Batman says it. So the security guard that ended up shooting Killer Moth, air quotes that you cannot see because of the yeah. podcast, but uh, he reveals that he is Killer Moth and almost in a way of like, oh, well, how'd you know? And Batman then mm-hmm. explains. But, I mean, the the big thing that you had a problem with totally mm-hmm. makes sense here, especially like when looking at the age of this security guard yeah yeah so my my big issue with this book was there is a point in here where killer moth says he has been a villain like since his 20s right and this so 
I get you could make a solid argument if you live in the camp that villains existed before Batman and way before Batman. Mm -hmm. And he is the reason that he has been born. So you're on the camp of the villains created Batman, not that Batman created the villains, which is always a big argument in the Batman universe. Um, In this particular instance, for this to make sense, yeah, Killer Moth, villains would have been along a long time before Batman showed up. But I would say throughout as much Batman that I've read, a lot of people always blame Batman for saying that Gotham got worse when you showed up because these crazies came out. So I always think that Batman created the yeah. bad guys or the worst ones because there was always like the mob and shit. Um, but yeah, so what happens is Killer Moth uh, looks like 60 years old in this freaking, <laughs> in this security guard outfit. And even if you're, if if you're at the idea that Batman created the villains, and if you're even giving Batman the leeway of him starting at age 20, which I do, but a lot of people are like, no, nah, he starts at 25 or even 30 or whatever because they want him to train even more, um, then that means Batman should be in his 50s or 60s in this book then. But I, I guess you would have to assume, and at the same time, they're using uh, the classic Batsuit in this. He has the purple gloves, the Snyder kind of style, which, again, if you read Snyder's stuff, yeah, the villains were kind of there and starting when Batman was starting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. I just don't think it makes sense that Killer Moth said he got started in his 20s, and then he looks 60 years old, and he said things used to be fun back in the day, but then when Batman showed up, shit got real and he had to use all his money to actually just try to survive yeah and uh yeah so i don't know it f- from the writer's perspective if he thinks that the villains were there way before then maybe it makes sense but from me as a reader standpoint and reading a bunch of batman it doesn't optics wise it doesn't look good yeah. to say that it was in his 20s or whatever because like if he started like in his 40s i could believe that you know, but he specifically says twenty. Yeah, he like, he Whoa. says when when Batman knocks him down like on his face or whatever, he says, uh, says right here, uh, because it seemed like a good idea when I was twenty freaking years old. Yeah. So I mean, in the way they draw him, he looks clearly mm-hmm. over the age of sixty. Yeah, he looks worse than Alfred. So like. You know what I mean? Like, he looks old. Well, uh, I would say on par with Alfred. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, depending on which Alfred you go with, sometimes they give Alfred, like, at least a black mustache. That's true. <laughs> this guy's like, yeah, this guy's got white hair. He looks like a, a very, very old Gordon, to be honest. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, so, <laughs> especially like, with, like, the security guard outfit. He yeah, very much looks for like sure. it. Yeah. But I will say I did love this idea because Clay actually thought I was going to be mad that Batman learned from Killer Moth. I have no problem with that because I think in life you learn from your biggest enemies. Like, I mean, I have often seen somebody. I'm like, I could be better than that guy. And then I try to get better. And are you, you know, you maybe you admire somebody. and You're like, yeah, I like that style, but I could do it better. Well, the one thing and, that I had a problem with just because I felt it was very cringy was the mm-hmm. security guard before you realize that it's it's killer moth i keep wanting to say firefly uh killer moth he says oh well he he makes a comment about the suit and batman says no the suit is awesome 
or the costume is awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, that just sounds super cringy. Like, just, I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean. Uh, but I, I said that the way, I, the reason why, I thought it was cheesy. It's, it's cheese. But the thing that, I, the reason why I thought it was eh, okay is because Batman also wears a costume. So if he, if he says the costume's stupid, then he's saying he is also stupid. So I think it's because he's like, <laughs> you know what, I'll give you a little, you know. I don't think you want to call yourself stupid. But I enjoyed that he was learning from him because he had, like, exploding gloves. Like, there was one scene where Killer Mott, he's like, here, I'll pull you up, you know, blah, blah, blah. Killer Mott is like, nah, and he lets his glove go, and then his glove explodes, and Batman's like, I got to give me some of those. Like, that's a cool thing because Batman's uh, – it seems like his whole body can explode if he detaches a part of his suit. It's just what he yeah. does. He has a freaking I, – I hate when the ears pop off, but it's been some <laughs> things that people have used many a times. But he also, um, I didn't notice this the first time I read it, but he throws that boomerang, which it does exactly what a batarang does now. So he learned that from Killer Moth too, yeah. the batarangs. So I think that's kind of cool too. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a really cool thing. We end up learning, like, Batman's like, why? Why are you doing this? And Killer Moth just wants to get out. He's like, I'm done, man. I'm old. He's like, I don't even make any money now. And he there's, like, this one clip in there where he's stealing TVs. And the guy's like, I'll give you half. And he's like, that's that's not even what you gave me last week. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'll ah, take it or leave it. And so, like, this this villain is down on his luck. And, uh, he, and he just wants he to get out. He takes the dead body of his mentor. Who never got who caught. Who never got caught. Yeah. To switch, like, basically places with him in the Killer Moth costume. So he is the body. Because Batman's like, well, yeah. if you're Killer Moth, who's this buffoon kind of thing? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is this guy. He never got caught. Yeah. And so I thought... His name was Night Moon. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks very similar to Moon Knight. <laughs> Which I still say Moon Knight is a ripoff of Batman. But that's a whole different thing. But I'm not going to say that character design for Night Moon looks pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. I think that looks pretty cool. Um, but the same thing, Night Moon died with nothing. He said he died with like freaking three cans of tuna yeah. to his name, basically. And yeah. I'm just like, man, villain life yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I think that's why he wanted out. But... It's it's really interesting because the comic ends with, of course, uh, Killer Moth going to Arkham, and Bruce is doing one of his very Brucey things where he donates monies to these facilities to make sure that they're these people are gonna stay in there. But they kind of use the facility since it is for the mentally insane. They want to make those people comfortable, and Killer Moth is chilling in like a freaking Dude, barker lounger with his feet up. Bruce made he, those cells into a retirement home. Like they even yeah. they even say that he's like oh it doesn't even feel yeah. like a prison anymore, yeah. And so it's insane. But Bruce mentioned this one thing: is he feels like Killer Moth won because he never saw the fear or despair in his eyes. And Killer Moth is just like I, I love being here. Like he wins. Like that's how it feels. Because Bruce has said he's beaten so many people and he always sees them defeated. But he didn't see that in Killer Moth's eyes. So, so even when Killer Moth is apprehended and yeah. put into a facility, Batman still loses. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, but that's exactly what I tell people when I talk about the Dark Knight movie. Joker won, you know, at the end oh, of that yeah. movie. And I think that's what was fantastic. And I was like, oh, wow, Joker fucking beat Batman in that movie. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. 
But yeah, I, again, these digital firsts have been phenomenal in my opinion because they're, they're quick reads, they're super cheap, and again, you don't need to buy the previous ones. You can literally just start this week if you want to read that Killer Moth one. And uh, I think they're fantastic. Um, I will, I know, so Clay actually had an issue, so we'll bring this up. I buy them from the DC Comics app. I got it, I saw it immediately on Tuesday. Clay said he had an issue with Comixology. Yeah, so if I go to Comixology right now, they have on their front page a tab called D, uh, Daily DC Digital First. And so I, I press the see all, and it hasn't mm-hmm. updated. So usually the very next one you see or the first one you see is the newest one. Yeah. I still have issue six of every other book that's been coming out. I What I had to do is I had to go down to issue well issue six of Batman Gotham Knights and then go down on the main menu where it says full series and it says seven books. Oh. I press that and then press see all and at the very bottom it says issue seven. So yeah. I don't know what's going on. If this is the case, what I may end up doing is just downloading the DC app so that way I can mm-hmm. just they're all right there. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what that's what I do. I mean, it's just because that's where I thought you had to buy them originally. I always forget about Comicsology, but I was like, oh, they're on DC because I think I bought the first digital first when they promoted on Instagram or something. So it kicks you to the DC app, and then I bought them all there. So I just continue to buy them there. Um, although I I have Comicsology, yeah. But yeah, that's whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump over to the Catwoman anniversary, anniversary, uh, 80th anniversary <laughs> issue. Now, uh, we're gonna just talk about our favorite uh, issues, to be honest. Uh, and, and we'll also talk about the Tom King one because I've actually had just a slightly got into this discussion on Reddit about this. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Clay, do you have a favorite out of all of these Catwomans? Because there's, there's a bunch of stories, guys. I will say right off the start, this wasn't as good as Robin. It was not. Uh, um, I actually yeah. had a harder time reading this than I did mm-hmm. any of the other books that we read this week. Um, yeah. Really? Uh, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the art in this book. Uh, yeah, I, I love Tom King's book. Uh there is Ram V's that I enjoyed the art on. And then Brewbreakers was just very nostalgic for, you know, what I've been reading. I've been reading Nightwing and Brewbreaker mm-hmm. also did Nightwing as well. So, yeah. and of course you ha- just flew by on the Catwoman run yeah. with uh, mm-hmm. Brewbreaker. So I can see how that could help. Like, yeah. But uh, overall, I think my all time favorite would have to be Tom King's. Uh, Tom okay. King's book. So yeah, let's talk about that one. Now, the reason why is one of the reasons why you said it was so good is that mm-hmm. he was able to write this story without messing with the annual that was so big yeah. in his run. The biggest mm-hmm. annual that being annual number two, which was the life story of Catwoman or Selena and Bruce. This shows basically i would assume the beginning of what could be batcat somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle or you know outside or in between the panels is what some yeah. people say and then it jumps right after bruce's death in the annual 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was totally okay with it. And I genuinely like enjoyed the back and forth between uh, Bruce and Selena. Now, some of it got a little like repetitive whenever it came to like the fighting and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, this is just something Tom King does with the two of these, you know, uh, lovers or whatever. But Mm -hmm. then it got to a point where I'm like, holy crap, I'm just now realizing she is big. And I know that's a horrible thing to say to a pregnant woman. But, Mm -hmm. like, I think it wasn't until, like, the third to last page where it has her, like, beating up, like, Two-Face, Mr. Freeze, Killer Croc, Riddler, and Joker. Like, when you go down to, like, where she's fighting Joker, she's far behind for a reason. Like, she's she's getting a little bit slower. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I... I mean, like, the little one-on-one she's having with the baby, you know, when they're little, and she's just like, I can't believe I'm doing this kind of thing. And almost like, oh, I I hate you kind of thing, but not really. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like an annoyance, which every parent has. But let's be honest, they they honestly do. But then you're like, because right after that page where you see the baby, it does the fast forward. And so you're like, oh, I wonder what kind of relationship they had. And you see, they had a really good relationship. And Selena even says, like, oh, well, you're the one that stole my heart. So I really did enjoy it. Yeah, so um, obviously everybody on this uh, podcast knows that I really enjoy Tom King's writing. (laughs) Uh, Very biased. Um, Although I will say when he messes something up or it sucks, um, I'm not that, that big of a fan. But um, I do enjoy his writing, and I, and but I also understand the people that do not like the way he does Bat, how they can see Bat Cad gets really annoying, blah blah blah. The way they talk back and forth, I did think the Bat Bucket thing was a little cheesy. But I also have seen a lot of Tom, or I should say, listen to a lot of Tom King interviews, and he's somebody that loves old school comic mm-hmm. books, and it's why he's taken so many characters like. Who the fuck writes an Adam Strange book now? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but for sure. it's Tom King. Like, he's doing that. Um, so I understand that because I know a lot more about Tom King, but I can see how somebody who doesn't do that kind of research into writers might not be all about this kind of story. Um, which And that's totally fair. Um, I am also a big fan of the way he uses the nine-panel structure. I have bit that, as the kids would say um in uh, my writing style because i just love the way you can progress a story in nine panels or you can show the passage of time or whatever and he does that almost does that in one of these with uh you know selena almost having the baby and stuff um so i thought that was kind of cool uh the interesting thing about this was um so clay pretty much said a lot about the issue i did enjoy when she was trying to drink wine which was one of the best freaking like wines in the world out of a like queen's glass or whatever that she stole from a museum that you know bruce would definitely not let her have but she stole anyways um and she's about to drink it and then she's like son of a bitch and she chunks the glass i'm just like yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like irreplaceable glass that's like whatever whatever um but it's funny because she's talking to herself but she's also talking to the baby Mm -hmm. Because she's like, your dad would never let me do this. Or your dad... Oh, because she steals the wine from Penguin, I think, or yeah. something like that. She was all like, your dad could easily buy me this, but it just tastes so much better stolen. And then she's all like... And she talks about the cup, and she's like, your dad would never buy me this. Um, that makes it even better. 
And so, like, she's just talking about these interesting things. And, uh, yeah, and I love... Um, let me just go ahead. So we'll go over to Reddit because I just talked about this on Reddit. There, uh, if you guys have never been on Reddit, like in the Catwoman forum or the Batman forum, there is a lot of people that love just particular parts of characters or just fandoms of characters. Like in Catwoman, every a lot of people love Tom King's run, like in Catwoman, because it's it's all about Selena and Bruce. Everybody's like ship it, ship it, and they just like they're all about it. Um, and I enjoyed Tom King's run of Batman and Catwoman as well. Uh, but there are people that really want Helena Wayne back in continuity. And they were like, okay, Tom King's probably going to bring her back. Now, I had mentioned to, I had mentioned before, after reading this, I don't think she's coming into continuity. I think this is just ending his story. I don't think she's bringing him in at all. And um, so I think that that's just my personal opinion. I, a lot of people would say like, oh, she's probably going to show up in Batcat. I don't think so. I honestly don't think Helena Wayne is going to be in Batcat because I don't know if Tom King wants to put the idea of a baby into another writer's hands because you're kind of, that's like complicating. You know what I mean? It's like whoever's going to have to clean up Michael Bendis's run. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot. <sighs> so, you know, like, oh yeah, deal with this identity thing and this and that and blah, blah, blah and de-aging or re-aging of a kid. It's like, it's a lot to fix. And I don't know if Tom King would be like, oh, here's a baby. Uh, enjoy your run. You got to deal with this now, sucker. Uh, so or he I can just, just give the that's... baby to freaking Tomasi and Tomasi do the exact same thing he did for Superman with Batman. And Maybe. it would be awesome. All, uh, I don't know, because we'll be talking about Detective yeah. later. And we've been wishy-washy on Detective, so we'll see. Um, but anyways... So on um, on Reddit though, there was this interesting random article that I read that came from like a you know a fan blog uh, that was all about Helena Wayne. I will say credit to the writer; they did actually state that they weren't a fan of Tom King. I prefer when writers say that because then you can get the judging. Like, okay, maybe this writing is coming from a bit of a bias. I do feel like that, and I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, usually, when you don't like a writer. You kind of read their stuff in a little bit of distaste. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're not trying to be open to it, because I've done this too, and I know Clay has done it, uh, and we've talked about it before. You just kind of, everything irritates you a little extra, and I feel like that's kind of what might have happened in this person, because they're a huge Helena Wayne Huntress fan, but they're not a big Tom King fan, and they were kind of nitpicking at some random stuff. Like in the article, they were talking about how uh, they don't think Selena and Bruce would ever be careless enough to get pregnant. And I just reading Ed Brubaker's run that went into Will, I think his last name's Pfeiffer, uh, Will Pfeiffer's run, Selena, spoiler alert for anybody that wants to read that run, uh, Selena gets pregnant in a one-night stand to an E-list character, which I like to say, and it's not freaking Bruce's baby. So I just don't understand that, like, I'm just not a fan when writers say characters have to be perfect. Like, Superman can never be flawed because of this. You know what I mean? Or Batman can never lose because of this. I don't like those kind of people. And that's where it kind of seemed from. Saying that Batman or Catwoman couldn't make an ex a mistake like getting pregnant. Um, another thing they were fixating a lot on too was they didn't like that it looked like Selina was very resentful of the child. And um, that I can see, and they, they wanted, 
the the poster on Reddit and the article person said they really wanted to have a discussion of like why Selena didn't want this. Like what was why what's her reasoning for not wanting the baby? Why didn't her and Bruce have the discussion and why didn't she even have an abortion? Like that's basically what they were saying. But I'm like I feel like those are normal emotions from a woman. Well, not only not only that, if you remember, and I don't know if Tom King is even taking this into account, but we just read in Joel Jones's run that, you know, there was a time where she didn't have a mother. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to, like, with her life, and I know her and Bruce had to have had this conversation. Mm -hmm. With their yeah. lifestyle, there's no promise that she's going to be there. None. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm sure she's taking that mentality into having this kid. So yeah. it is completely normal for her, especially, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's true. Um, but it's also like, it's you got to think of it from a master thief's perspective, right? Like, Selena Kyle can steal anything. She is the best. Now, somebody is stealing her freedom is how she could see that child. She's like, you're stealing my freedom from being able to do anything I want. And you you see that resentment. And so, but we see later on in the issue that, yeah, she starts loving that baby. She's like, oh, my God, blah, blah. Like, you see her giggling with the baby and stuff like that. And then at the end of the story, you see that, you know, she was like, you stole my heart, Helena. Like, you know, she loves her. Um and so, like, I think that's that's a normal progression of some parents, you know? Some people become parents when they don't want to be. Selena didn't want to be, you know? She wanted to just keep gallivanting across rooftops with Bruce and, you know, have their shebang shebang anywhere they could or whatever they wanted to do. And that was a good life for her, you know? But, you know what? It happened to Ross and Rachel. It's going to happen to Batman and Catwoman. <laughs> it just happens, Okay condoms aren't 100 percent perspective they're not even the bat condoms they don't work all the time <laughs> so Ugh. it doesn't you know shit just happens and uh yeah so i can understand the you know the reddit person's point of view this conversation was actually happening right before this podcast so they i know they mentioned some stuff that they really wanted to have the conversation they said batman looked very in a bad light because he didn't talk to selena about it Another thing I would say to that, yes, it would have been really cool to have them have this like heart-to-heart conversation about this child, but Tom King had seven, eight pages to write all yeah. of this. So he had to close out a story from an annual that I think was 48 pages, if I'm not mistaken. They're usually about that size. Yeah. And you want him to finish out a whole story in eight pages like, and introduce a baby and do all this other stuff. Like Tom King can work his magic and progress time very quickly. But eight pages is very hard to fit a lot of stuff in. So, yeah, maybe if this was in Batcat, he would have that conversation because they have definitely had some heart-to-heart conversations in his run or he's talked about some serious shit in his run before. So I definitely think that would happen. I mean, just look at issues, some of my favorite issues, 78 and 79, where they genuinely just talk about a lot of stuff while they're fighting and they're on this island together. So Tom King's very capable. Yeah, I think the Uh, last story who is by Brewbreaker has the mm-hmm. longest story in here, which is 12 pages. Yeah. So even adding three to four pages, I'm not sure if you can, like if you want to waste three to four pages, having one conversation and then doing everything that he showed you, you know? 
Yeah, and I totally agree. And uh, even that, and Brubaker's phenomenal. Like, again, I absolutely love his Catwoman run, and even that last story felt very rushed, but if you had read his run, you would totally understand, like, all these characters' relationships, how they fold, how they just work together, and I think that's what Tom King expects. Like, he he writes characters flawed. That is a very known fact of Tom King. He's been through some shit in his life. I mean, he joined the CIA after 9-11 because he wanted to just do his part, and he's seen some shit. That's all we can assume is he's seen some shit. And you know what? He got out of the CIA because he was going to start a family. He didn't want his wife to be alone. So he's a, you know, he's a person that thinks about a lot of crazy shit. And he knows that people are flawed. And that's what he brings to his characters. And I think that's what I like about his writing so much because it's different. Like, not a lot of people are bringing those flaws into characters. Now, and I think that's why I'm loving these older writers like Brubaker and, you know, the ruckas of the world and stuff like that. These Gotham Centrals and everything we've been reviewing in the past few months because those characters are flawed. Yep. And I think when you can relate to those kind of characters, the writing and the just storytelling is so much better. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to hate on Tom King. I, I think those, you know, the comments from the Reddit post are very valid. That would have been a cool conversation for them to have. But it was eight, seven to eight pages. Like, that's not a lot of time to write. I would suggest try writing a comic book and trying to fit a lot of stuff in eight pages. It's not yeah, easy. So if, if you wanted to have that conversation in eight pages, he immediately turns into Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever try to read so much dialogue in one panel or a few it panels, tur- it's It hard. turns you off on the book so quick. Yeah. Like... And I, I know this may make me sound super lazy, but if I open a comic and all I see is word bubbles and hardly any art, I, yeah. I immediately close the book sometimes. Yeah, it's it's why books like Watchmen and Crisis on Infinite Earths are so hard to read. Because yeah. there's bu- thought bubbles with captions dialogue and you're just like whoa not saying that they're not great books they are if you can actually sit down and read them they're fantastic but there's so much dialogue that you're just drained out and um yeah so you know he had eight pages to work with again valid points from those people that wrote about this i do think there might have been a little bit of i don't like tom king so i'm gonna kind of stretch some of these things in there but you know what hey you know comics are to be interpreted the way you want there have been plenty of things people like that I say are shit on this podcast, Thor 3. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of whatever. But I will say, I think my favorite um, Catwoman story in this whole thing, and there were some interesting ones. Will Pfeiffer, who I mentioned, who's uh, the end of the Brubaker run, he did a weird Comic-Con kind of Catwoman story that was just really odd. Because, like, Bruce Wayne was signing autographs, the Joker was signing autographs, and she had, like, a liaison that was like, Miss Catwoman, Selena, you gotta come this way, you're gonna be signing some stuff right now, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what's going on? And there was random, just, like, people dead on the ground, and she's like, what's wrong with this guy? Somebody help him. And she was basically in a nightmare, uh, a la the way Batman was in Tom King's run, and she fights her way out of it, and she shows up, and that's the end of the story. Uh, so that was very random and interesting. There was one that was in the 60s that she fought aliens uh, that were very misogynistic aliens, um, which I think was interesting. But uh, I would have to say my favorite 
was probably the um, the new writer that's going to be on Catwoman. I think his story was one that I uh, really enjoyed, which I'm, if I'm not saying Ray V. Uh, Ram, uh, Ram, Ram v. v. Yeah. It's a very unique comic name. Like, I wonder what his real name is, or if that is his real name. Like, V. Ramos something. Just call me V. Yeah. Vasquez. Consuela. <laughs> Two last names. Uh, Ramos. Yeah, it's like all the all the name, the stereotypical <laughs> fucking shit that we always get hit with. Oh, so much, um, dude. But anyways, this was interesting because it was uh, basically a continuation of the end of, you know, Joelle Jones's run, which I don't even think Joelle Jones was even writing the last few issues. I think she was just drawing. Um, but the end of that run, this is a straight continuation of it. I think the reason why I like this is because it reminded me so much of the Brubaker run I had just finished reading because they do a road trip after uh, Black Mask gets... Uh... Oh, actually, that's a really crazy comparison because this is her sister who, in the Brubaker run, goes mute and just, like, silent because she sees her freaking husband get his eyes ripped out. She gets fed her husband's eye in that book. Brubaker is a madman. He's crazy. So this is his, her sister. They're coming back from Villas Hermanos or whatever, which is basically LA, yeah. I think, in the DC universe. And um, they're doing a road trip. So uh, in Brubaker's run, it was actually Holly and Selena that do a road trip after the whole Black Mass stuff to kind of get it out of their yeah. brain. And uh, it's very kind of similar parallels here, which I think is really cool. One of the very unique things is they had to like get out of Dodge because the cops showed up and she left some stuff behind. And one of the bags had the wedding dress in it. And I was like, oh, what? And uh, I told Clay, I was like, this is kind of like, I didn't like this because it didn't deal with the Tom King stuff. Like but how they made if Batman. she realizes, like, she was, she thought that that stuff was like just whatever, mm-hmm. but then like goes back for it. That's what I'm hoping. Cause like, I, cause you mentioned, I told you that I read all of 80 and I even skimmed through 22. Catwoman also came out this week. We're not covering it cause it's a one shot. Didn't look that great. And it was just kind of whatever we blazed through it, but they never talked about Batman meeting up with Catwoman, which was supposed to be what the whole Selena, I mean the whole Catwoman series was about. It was supposed to be what she was doing while Batman's over here going through his fucking emo yeah. phase. And, um, none of this idiot answered that but you pointed out you're like well this is actually a continuation of that so maybe it's gonna lead to that if it doesn't i'm gonna be like what the fuck <laughs> like who's gonna write that part and, and like i need to know why she's on and that's mountain. the hardest thing because we saw 22 we saw that it was a one shot 22 23 and 24 are all one shots uh or you know whatever 20 23 and 24 might you know, be one story, yeah. but the real continuation of the Catwoman series doesn't start until 25. So at that point though, as you know, considering we have death metal coming out this month, considering everything with COVID-19 considering that, you know, they're wanting to, you know, completely change their future plans for DC who knows what, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. we're not really going to know what the hell's going on with DC until at least the end of July or beginning of August. So, yeah. I mean, they may just like throw everything on the, under the rug and just act like, oh, whatever, you know, keep going on. But who yeah. knows? Um, 
Yeah, it's very... Uh, we talked about this last week when we talked about Identity Crisis, how it just seemed like everything flowed so well back in yep. the day. Like, every story connected, or there was, like, little Easter eggs that could connect you from the Arrow series to the Justice League series to the Catwoman series. And you're just like, what? And uh, these other ones now are just like, if one person doesn't meet their deadline, it's GG. Like, it's, everything's just fucking tossed. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where Ram B's going to go with this. I hope that they do, you know connect tom king stuff and then you know kind of go in a different direction and do whatever they want um because it would be nice to see what happens she's got to get back to to gotham she's obviously in like um you know she's obviously in gotham right now like in tinian's run so um and if i'm not mistaken tinian's run said that catwoman's series is going to kind of run coincided with it so we'll see that didn't work very well with uh, Tom King's run. So I don't know what Tinian's going to be doing. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, definitely don't think the annual was as good as Robin's. His was just fantastic because it was just stories continued. Yeah. And I think that was awesome. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Joker if, uh, you know, that we're going to get that next week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And, um yeah, I don't know. Uh, there were some good stories in here, but I think they could have done a lot better. I will say I did enjoy the between pages, between stories, where it showed like a 60s yeah, version the, and the then like the modern yep. version. Yeah, the pinups. That, those were pretty cool. Uh, so I really enjoyed those. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for Catwoman Anniversary, ladies and gentlemen. Now, one book I was not expecting to get. I was very surprised, and I heard a lot of stuff about this book. Never thought it was going to see the light of day was uh, Birds of Prey by Brian Azzarello. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Brian Azzarello. I uh, really enjoy his work. If you guys don't know, he usually works with uh, Libra Mayhu and does a lot of the Joker, Batman Damned, stuff like that. So seeing that he was going to do a Birds of Prey series had me really intrigued. Now, apparently there was a lot of drama with this, or just randomness, right? Because this was supposed to be like a continuation... Or this was supposed to be, um, I, don't, I, I don't know how they say it. it it's supposed to be like, I, the idea of this was it was supposed to be an ongoing series. Then they were like, oh, it's going to be a freaking three-part Black Label sort of series. And then they were like, you know what? We're just going to make it one big book. And I think the problem with this is that I think Azarello was writing this in a way that he thought there was going to be, like, he was going to continue this for multiple, multiple books. I'm saying he probably thought he was going to have a 20-issue run or something like that. Because after reading this one shot, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's 100 pages, and that's the whole story. After reading this, it seems like there was so much more story left to be told. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just could not uh, believe what... um, I don't. I mean, I liked the story for what it was, but it just seemed like there was so many freaking holes in this that I was so confused. And I think it also got pushed back. The reason why it got pushed back because they wanted it to come out after Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous, blah 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 blah. So uh, yeah, I don't know, um, Clay. What did you think of this? Yeah, man. I I I did not know this was coming out. To be completely honest, like you said, it was delayed. You know, they had some issues with the whole. You know whether it was going to be a complete series because that's what it was originally announced as it was announced as an actual series yeah. 
because, you know, Birds of Prey was coming out. And to know that it was going to be a one-shot, we know that dumb DC has just something against this Azarello, you know? and She's a fantastic writer. I don't understand. And, yeah, it, uh, he, I mean... <laughs> there's some questionable things in this book yeah. that, that we're gonna yeah, get into. There is. But <laughs> but it's a, like everything is solid up until the end. That was the one thing that we kind of agreed on. Yeah. But like this, I felt like probably could have had a lot of potential. There's a lot of yeah. loose ends that I feel like could have been answered, and knowing that it could have been a series, I feel like DC kind of dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, so we're not going to go through all 100 pages, but we'll kind of give you a rough shot. So um, Harley Quinn just got out of the Suicide Squad, which was very interesting. She actually gets discharged. They take the bomb out of her neck. Like, she literally is free to go, which was very interesting. Um, Canary has just left or has been out of some military kind of thing that's happened. She's on her own. Uh, Huntress is working with Renee Montoya as basically her weapon to kill bad dudes. So that's the kind of the three, the four characters that are in this book. And we get introduced to a new girl gang, pretty much, that are all Dios de los Muertos, or um, what do they call it? Uh, Santa Muerte, basically. Um, basically, angels of death, almost. Um, and they have, like, sugar skull tattoos and stuff. And they're, like, this new gang moving in to kill people. Like, to kill, like, big mobsters and stuff, or whatever. And, um... Yeah, that's that's basically the bullet points of everybody that's in the story. Now, everybody has some interesting stuff happening in this book, which kind of, I think only Harley gets situated, honestly. Everybody else feels like there's a lot more story to tell. Um, Because we see, the story opens up with this guy calling Black Canary. And it's basically, he's like, hey, what's up, girl? And she's like, why are you calling me at 3 in the morning, blah, blah, blah. He's like, ah, you know, I just wanted to call you because you've been on my mind and stuff like that. And it's basically this creepy guy that slept with Black Canary at one point. And he's all like, hey, this might be the last time I talk to you. Um, Think about me sometime. Not only (laughs) think about me sometime. Hey, you may want to think about me in in the the shower. shower. And she's like, gross. And she hangs up. And then the dude gets decapitated. Like immediately yeah, after, by a immediately after that yeah. call, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" So, yeah. and that's the running theme with Diana in this book. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of uh, sexual innuendos, and one of For which sure. where uh, you know there, there's talk about her roommate, about how yeah. or her roommate slash. Well, no, I don't. I don't Drummer? even know if she's her roommate. I actually think she's just yeah, I don't a band member, she's her drummer. drummer, and mm-hmm. her drummer is clearly, you know, had a past because the mm-hmm. uh, the other uh, band members like, hey, do you think she's using again? Like, should we say something? And Dinah's like, nah, whatever, you know. And yeah. it gets to a point in the story where Diana is at a bar, and she's trying to have. A better day because she's clearly not having mm-hmm. a good day i think she found out that the guy got yeah, killed yeah. at this point and yeah that that uh band member calls her and she's like hey i really need your help right now and kind of insinuating that it's like it's drug related like please like basically yeah. saying hey yes i understand that i have a problem and i'm asking you for help right now 
And Dinah's like, mm-hmm. well, you know what, honey? I got to have some good times with myself. And Well, she says, like, if it's that serious, you know, be at my yeah, place in, like, 90 she, minutes. No, she, no like she says, I will see or, you in five hours. She says five hours. Oh. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. yeah. damn. And the the yeah. this is where it gets a little like, hey, what's yeah. going on, Diana? Because she goes up <laughs> to like six <laughs> dudes and is like having all the beers in her hands and like she's trying to hold the phone with her like shoulder and ear and it insinuates that she just hooked up with all these dudes. <laughs> yeah and... i was so i i texted clay after this right i was like hey have you read birds of prey Ugh. and he was like not yet i was like all right um let me know when you get to this point because i think diana just banged a bunch of dudes <laughs> or like had like a three-way or some shit like that and he was like all right and then i just get a text later on he's like i think she had an orgy with all those guys so, so i asked some <laughs> friends about this uh, some really good friends from Weird Science uh, podcast, uh, Jim and Eric. And Eric said, uh, it just seemed like some mature quota that needed to be filled for this book. Sorry, Paloma. I'd really like to help you with your drug problem. But first, I need all these dudes at this bar. And then that was Eric. And then Jim, I almost laughed in the middle of you, you know, describing this book. He says, LOL, I just saw this. My slang radar says she needed her pipes cleaned by a plumber of five. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's nuts. <laughs> I'm trying to find that actual page so I can actually relook over it. But, yeah, it's very interesting because um, she doesn't. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, she's in a bar. She has, like, three things with her. So, I would say it's actually like three dudes because there's only three dudes around the pool table. But she does say like later on when she's uh, walking home. Let's see what she says. Because we just got we got to get the facts right, ladies and gentlemen. We got to get the facts right when she shows up. Um, okay, it's right here. She's all like, uh, well, well, uh, look who it is, uh, Miss Morning Sunshine. Guess what? I don't feel as bad as I thought I would. Those bros, they hit the spot. <laughs> Uh, which is a nice way to start a day or finish a night. Heh. Uh, sigh. I haven't felt uh this good about myself in a long time. And then that's when she finds her friend. Uh, so yeah, she is. She ain't doing no watch. Yeah. That, and you know what? Just to throw it out there, we're not yeah, shaming no, 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 anything that, here. That's what I. The, the quote I sent was, "I'm not slut shaming, but she had a lot of pip in her step the next morning." <laughs> yeah. So, and. Something I also wanted to uh, bring by you because uh, me mm-hmm. and Eric continued to talk. Uh, you know, this whole thing, you know, we talked about how uh, Renee Montoya was in here. And yeah, she, she uses Huntress for a lot of things in regards to, like, trying to clean up crime in Gotham. But it turns out that she is either a dirty cop or playing the dirty cop. Because yeah. we're not really, she's playing. We're not really cop, clear, but it really pushes the fact that she might be dirty, yeah. and so much so that like even Huntress is like ready to kill her. Yeah. And so Eric says here, a lot of this book felt like a continuation of the New Fifty Two continuity when Dinah worked for the 
for Team 7, which I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, uh, Dinah worked for Team 7, was still in the band, and Harley was just released from Bell Rev and dealing with her Joker problems. Oh, so I haven't read. Neither have I. Con- all of New Fifty Two. The continuity. New Fifty Two continuity. I only read the first five issues when, like, the very oh, really? like as they were coming out, and then I had to drop all these books because I was the dumbass who decided to try to collect all fifty two issues. It was mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, that's don't do it ever, yeah. people. Pick the mm-hmm. ones that you love and then stick with that. Yeah, but was that a Birds of Prey book? No, it was Suicide Squad. Like so, oh. so Suicide Squad was uh was with Harley, but there mm-hmm. was a Black Canary book like later on yeah. in the continuity, which I never was able to read. I never got. I never read them. Was that the one where she was like a rock yeah. star and doing yeah. all that shit? Okay. So, yeah. uh, which was also drawn by uh, Babs. I think her name is. She did the. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was a big. Batgirl stuff. Yeah, right? she did the Batgirl stuff. Yeah, but yeah, the Batgirl stuff was okay. I know this whole Secret Seven thing because it was insinuated that she was still working with Secret Seven at the very end of the Green Arrow Rebirth run because she had mm-hmm. like some ties to like some spy government stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's all I know there. But reading mm-hmm. this book, like we said, it wasn't all that bad. I actually got used to the fact that like Harley was kind of talking to herself because yeah. that's something that Harley does in the animated show now. So I've seen it a couple mm-hmm. times and now reading this, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. So I love that aspect of it. Uh, I enjoy. She talks to her reflection. Yeah. She ta- is what yeah we not just out. to herself. She looks into yeah. like a makeup mirror. Mm-hmm. And- or even in the mirror in yeah. a bar, like the window in the bar. So she's yeah. like, yeah. But it's still, yeah, she's talking to herself. And, like, I I love the relationship between Montoya and Huntress. You know, it's kind of like hard mm-hmm. asses just all over the place. And, yeah. you know, the overall banter of, like, why the fuck is Harley here? She's a crazy bitch, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the I love how in this book you never see the Joker's face. Yeah. You okay. you see his shoes, you see his clothes, you even see his hand when he's pointing a gun at Harley, but you never see his face. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about when I was reading this? I was like, this feels very much like Birds of Prey, the movie. Like, they were trying to kind of have some parallels there because Montoya does go outside of the GCPD to do some yeah. stuff. You know, she works with the Birds of Prey. And uh, reading this, it, this is a black labeled book. That, by the way, that's why uh, Clay's friend mentioned the mature quota, um, which I it didn't. I didn't see a logo on the front of this, but when I read the back pages, it said black label. So I was like, oh, okay, it's a black label yeah. book. Um, but now that I come to think about it, if if you were to translate this story, like this exact story, to the characters that are playing them in the movies right now. I think you get a very different reaction. Oh yeah. Because if you have if you have uh what's her face um that played Black Canary, I forget uh, her name. Jesse Smollett. If you had her yeah, if you had her, I think optics wise, uh going up to a bunch of guys and doing that kind of stuff, people are like, why'd you give the girl a cover color being the, you know, promiscuous slutty one or whatever. I Oof. think I guarantee you there Oof. would be that headline 
Because then you'd be like, oh, so this Huntress person over here, she's the badass. The white girl's the badass one, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I feel like those optics would happen if you were to take this story. That's true. But here, the person of color is a badass. Harley's Harley. And Montoya is possibly, you know, the questionable but character. At the same ti- and Diana but at the same time, is kind of just like... The blonde white girl being the slut isn't that not stereotypical that is very stereotypical i agree um but it's it always feels like things are blown over when it's like the person oh yeah for sure or whatever whatever you know what i mean but at the same time like which is very surprising in this book black canary doesn't really come off as a badass she's usually the badass of the group like, she doesn't have, like, she just screams, like, a couple times, which that's all she did in the damn movie. Yeah. She didn't, I mean, she fought a little bit in the movie, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like they did push this back after the movie, um, and I, I don't know. I think, uh, th- I felt like Azarello probably thought this was going to be, like, a 20-issue run, and he had to scrunch it down into five, because that's 100 pages out of 20 pages yeah. a piece. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think is a fantastic writer. He's done, I mean... We still want the freaking Azarello Libre May who cut uh, fucking, <laughs> Batman you know, Batman Damned. And I hope we actually get to see it one day. Um, but I don't know what was changed in there. But Damned, I think, is fantastic. Some of the other stuff he's done, like Joker, is fantastic. He writes mature content very yeah, and well. And if you guys have opinion. never read Luther, that one is also really good. Yeah, I haven't read that. Um, but yeah, I think he does some really good work. And I feel like he just got his knees cut out from under him yep. again, because um, the way the reason why we say this thing had some holes is Diana's friend uh, that died. Uh, we don't hear about her after that. Um, it talks about Diana being in this secret team that randomly had Slade Wilson on it. Yeah, which was crazy. Don't hear anything about that. Now, Steve Trevor is like part of that team, too. We there's a connection there. We don't hear more about that. Um we think Montoya might die. That's never yeah. clear because she stays back to save them. Um, and it ends with Harley about to get her head blown off by Joker. And she pleads, like, she pours her heart out. And Joker finds it funny and lets her live. And he drops so his she, gun. And yeah. the last page is, or the last panel is Harley picking up the gun and pointing it at Joker while he's laughing and walking away. And yeah. we've had some discussion about what we thought that last panel meant, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. we'll never know. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clay's theory is that they're, he doesn't think the gun is loaded. Um, I think the Joker would, it would be a bang gun. That's what I yeah. think. Um, because it's just kind of what Joker would do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was just an interesting, I think this, this Birds of Prey would have had a lot of potential. But, you know, just got it uh, cut out from under him. And, uh, you know, we're not going to see that in the future. So, you know, it is what it is. I just thought it was interesting. The The most crazy thing about that was just not knowing what Black Canary did. I was like, did she kick her ass <laughs> or did she uh, do something else? I thought it was just oh, interesting man. because, yeah, she has a lot of pep in her step, but she doesn't – there's not, like, anything else. Like, because you could also take it, like, oh, she just – wanted to get into a fight like maybe she just wanted to beat the shit out of all those dudes yeah you know like but i think it was 
the yeah. other one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was just like, ah, but you know, you know, whatever. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. No shame in here. I just thought it was hella interesting. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and now jump over to detective, which man, it's been months since we've even talked about this book, uh, because probably February was the last time yeah. we talked about detective. So we're already in June, ladies and gentlemen, four months later. And uh, this is continuing. The last time we talked about Detective, Batman had just got capped by Two-Face because he had just found Two-Face's secret lair or his secret yeah. church lair or whatever. And uh, Batman was trying to help Harvey, but Two-Face was taking over, and that's why he got shot. So um, in this particular issue, we see that Two-Face has uh, Batman hooked up to, like, over acid. I will say I like and don't like this um, because he got dropped in acid. Like, Batman actually falls in the acid. One thing we never see from a lot of heroes. They always get out. They never get their face touched on stuff or whatever. No, Batman falls in this acid, but he breaks out because, of course, like we mentioned earlier, Batman's suit, shit pops off of it, explodes, cuts through things. He's just a master, like a master fucking of getting out of stuff. Yeah. He gets out of this stuff. Some of his suit gets burned, but he's able to like knock over the tub or whatever. To well, yeah. Spill so all the his gauntlets, the, the fins mm-hmm. on his gauntlet shoot out, and they tear yeah. a hole in the actual metal container that is holding the acid. So it's all spilling yeah. all over the place, like, and it's so messed up because Two Face is like telling everybody to lay on the floor so he can step on them and get up, yeah. and they're doing it willingly. And I'm just like, what the fuck it's nuts so batman which this is where i found it kind of weird he gets dunked in there we all know that the only place of batman's body that's exposed is his mouth his mouth definitely touches this stuff but it doesn't get burned but it starts burning through his suit. kind of had a little issue with that if they would have thrown in there like two-faced saying something along the lines of like oh this won't kill you right away but when you're in there long enough it'll burn you alive Something like that to kind of let me know, like, okay, this isn't the acid that I've always been, you know, Looney Tunes, where they drop it on there and it just pours a hole through five layers of, you know, fucking, you know, street metal and exactly, shit. Exactly, yeah. Um, but this was more like a, but more like a corrosive liquid that takes time because only half of his suit gets burned. Um, but it was still really interesting. We get the secret, we get the origin of Visa and Versa, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, because, you know, sometimes you don't get the origins of henchmen. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but honestly, I'm, uh, as I'm describing the story, I'm actually forgetting it. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's not that great. And that's the thing that I was going to tell you, you know, I, I wanted to keep it here for the, uh, for the podcast and, you know, your comments about me hoping that maybe Batman would take care of like a family story on, Mm -hmm. you know, on Batman or whatever, He's not doing a great job on detective. He's not getting, he's not having a great job, like really like, and this may be because of the, you know, the, the virus, you know, having four Mm -hmm. months, you know, in between just one issue is kind of harsh. You know, people don't automatically like me. I'll be honest when there is a long wait between books, I don't grab the other book and read it before I read this one. No, I just move on. And, you know, especially with the kind of ending that the last one had, I'm going to remember it. But mm. this 
wasn't all that great. You know, what ends up happening is these these two guys, vice and versa, they end up just literally one day just seeing through a window that two faces lying on the floor. And this goes back all the yeah. way to Tomasi's run in Batman and Robin in the New 52 where Two-Face shot yeah. himself. And so I like that. I like that he references yeah, he's, old he's, he's, cool. he's connecting it all. And vice versa see that Two-Face has like $75,000 just mm-hmm. laying in his, in his office. And they're like, okay, we can either help Two-Face or we can steal all this money. And for some reason, they choose to help Two-Face. Oh, the reason yeah. why is they actually use his coin. They're like, oh, why, not? why don't we just yeah. use it, you know? And mm-hmm. the person that they end up calling to help him is yeah. fucking Joker. Like, don't know how you just have the Face Joker's number. Joker. But yeah, it's the Joker. Yeah. Because this is connected to the New 52, the Joker that we know mm-hmm. from the 252 is... The mechanic Joe Chill cut up face Joker from Death of the Family, which I love that callback. I thought that was Mm -hmm. really, really cool, but it doesn't really do anything for Two-Face because it immediately jumps into a teaser for what's to come with Joker now. And you see Joker is using dynamite and a pickaxe and he's doing something but you Mm -hmm. notice that there's statues of owls behind him so you immediately think oh crap the court of owls Mm -hmm. i immediately thought of lincoln march you immediately thought that this may have something to do with the joker war of tinian's run so you know they might be bringing uh nightwing's grandfather in so who knows yeah which he was just in Nightwing's run, so maybe they won't do that, but, yeah. you know. Um, so we'll see. Um, I will say that the Joker thing was kind of cool. Again, you know, I literally just said it on this podcast. I love how the old books all seem like they connected. So if they're trying to move forward that way, like, hey, we're going to make all the books connect, um, that would be kind of cool. But the the great thing about those old books was it seemed like every writer was still telling the story they wanted to. They just intersected with this. I don't want Tomasi's run to be engulfed into whatever the hell Tinian yeah. has going on. You don't want writers to do that. You just want them to like, hey, this connects with this because, oh, look, Alfred's wearing the same suit or something. You know, yeah. whatever. Uh, you want to do shit like that. Um, but, yeah, so we have that vice versa thing. I will say there was two cool moments on this that I really enjoyed that were very Batman for me. Uh, he uses this cool, badass little device that, like, shoots out both sideways to make a freaking rope to, leave, to like, move on. And he saves all the Two-Face people. He's like, pull yourselves up and don't die. Yeah, and, so, and yeah. I can already tell you that there's going to be so many arguments about that statement. Mm-hmm. He says, pull yourself yeah. up and don't die. Saying, hey, yeah. if you die, it's on you, but it's not on me because I gave you something, you know, to possibly live yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, he says, uh, save your miserable lives, is what he says. But, um, you know, it's interesting. And you see, they visually show everybody getting out of yeah. the pit. And they're holding onto the stuff. And they're saying, like, he saved us, he saved us. So it's kind of like they're breaking their faith in Two-Face yeah. almost. Because, you know, the Batman saved them. But the other cool part is where these two, I think they're Two-Face dudes, are going to blow up a building. Or they might just be some other random dudes. I'm not too sure. Oh, yeah, with, uh, they have scars with the, on their uh, the hospital next door. 
Yeah, so they're going to blow up this construction site where there's, like, cancer-surviving kids right next to them. That these kids are watching these people because they see the flashlights on these people's heads. One of the guys is like, hey, man, we can't do this. There's kids right there. Like, they're going to get hurt. The other guy's like, fuck the kids. <laughs> and um, what's going to happen is Batman flies in and beats up – or no, the other guy throws the other dude that doesn't want to do it off the rafters. Batman catches that guy and throws it back in that dude's face. And they both get knocked out. And the kids are like, they have Batman signs. And they're like, yeah. No, it, and he just kind of like gives them well, a thumbs the, up. When, cool. when the kids see the bad guys, the kids like putting up a sign is like, what are you doing? And everybody's like, question yeah. mark. Hi, what's up? And then when Batman comes yeah. along, they immediately all have Batman pictures. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And so I thought that was really cool because, you know, there are a lot of kids that look up to Batman in Gotham. And um, so I thought that was a little cool little moment. And, and, and I, I love another cool things. moment is, you know, Batman goes to uh, this woman and mm-hmm. wants to get more information on the cult. And you learn that, you know, it's her husband that is involved in something around the cult. And, yeah. you know, a random like a huge amount of money was thrown into their Swiss account. And Batman's like, thanks for all the information. I'm not going to touch your Swiss account. And then, like, runs away. Because now, of course, this woman, her husband is no longer there to provide for them. All she has is this money. And she says that she has kids and everything. So, at that... Yeah, and they're going to college. Yeah, and so Batman's not going to be an asshole to be like, okay, yeah, you know, now you have nothing. He leaves Mm -hmm. it behind. And because he knows, okay this woman genuinely just wants to live her life and then, you know, be able to pay for her kids college. Maybe that'll give them a better life. I thought that was cool as well. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that is something that Batman, um, you know, he usually beats the shit out of people. And then as Bruce Wayne, he's like, let me give you some money Um, (laughs) or gives them a job or, you know, tries to reframe like, uh, what is it? Reform their life. So uh, that's always been something very interesting because he knows what he does is bad, but he knows it's necessary so he uses the Bruce Wayne mask as a, like, hey, let me try to make your life better so you don't have to be in Arkham or you don't have to be in whatever. Um, so I always thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah, there's, you know, Tomasi has, it's like hit or miss with him, man. Like, I loved the Arkham Knight story. The Arkham Knight story was awesome. I don't know why these last few, like, every time I see Two-Face, I'm like, ugh. Two Face, like I just don't think his stories. Because who was it? Was it Brian Edward Hill that did Two Face? Somebody else did a Two Face story. We yeah, recently. we've talked about it, but we can't remember who it was. But that was when like Batman almost sounded like Nightwing. He's like, "You yeah. come at me, bro," and like things like yeah. that. And it just didn't sound like Batman whatsoever. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't do really good. And so, like, I'm trying to recall when was the last good Two Face story fucking long halloween <laughs> when he was still dent i mean like, i remember a lot of people enjoying the batman and two-face run because it was right after damien's death and so like mm. batman was just kind of running amok he was frustrated with a lot of things and to see that the title had robin scratched out almost like yeah. the coin and then had written two-face you're like what the hell is going on? And that's when they really embedded the whole, like, dual personality, you know, freaking Harvey can definitely be the prominent one at times. And so, 
that was interesting. And yeah. so I think I could say maybe New 52. Okay. I don't think I've read that run, to be honest. There are some things in New 52 that I have not read. I've read a lot of Detective, and I really enjoyed it because that was um, Tony Daniels when I think he was drawing, like, his superb Batman at that time. Like, his shit was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've read that particular run. And New 52 went on for a while, so it's like there's a lot to read, especially for Batman. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, um, you know, where he goes next because this story is going to deal with Joker. We see Tinian going into that. Nightwing, Batgirl, every single Batman book is tying into this Joker thing. On the articles, it says Batman and Joker's final battle, which is complete bullshit because we know it's not going to yeah. be. Because the next writer will make a Joker story too. Because and blah 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 blah. I don't remember the headlines during Endgame of Snyder's run, mm -hmm. but guess what? Snyder did the exact same yeah. thing. Every single book, every single Bat book, connected. Yeah. Not only with Endgame, but also with Death of the mm -hmm. Family. So this is just—I mean, this yeah. is—you know—this is his boy. Tinian is Snyder's boy, and so he's gonna do this. And, you know, because death metal is right on the cusp for us, I'm sure it's probably going to just be like, okay, you know, they had their, you know, fight that they have every four years or so. Let's move on to some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another big thing that I think a lot of people don't give Tom King credit for is he didn't use the Joker as a catalyst. Like, you know, he was like, oh, no, I'm going to make a Bane story. I'm going to make a freaking 100 page Bane, or 100 series Bane story. You yeah. know what I mean? Where everybody's all like, uh, I got a 25 issue Joker story. And it's just like, oh, okay, so does everybody else in their world. Um, but are you John Carpenter's Joker? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> still the greatest freaking Joker story. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I hope this picks up, but. We'll have to wait and see, man. I'm really hoping our next few months are just not like Joker, 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 Joker. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like we're getting the Joker 80th coming up. We're going to be talking about that next week. And then I hope not for the next, like, four months where it's just like, oh, yeah, this Joker. And then Joker showed up here. Because I think that just gets so repetitive and boring. Like, Batman has, like, we just literally read a story about Killer Moth, and it was great. Like, there's so many stories out there. Like choose somebody else guys like really yeah true so so yeah it's whatever but there you go ladies and gentlemen that is what we have for comics so now we're gonna jump over to the entertainment news so if you skipped all of that comic stuff just to come here for the entertainment news welcome <laughs> <laughs> you missed some riveting conversations about comics uh, and very <laughs> no. sexual yeah you missed black that. You canary missed that you know yeah, you missed it. See, that's why you should listen to the comic <laughs> talk to listen to, for all the naughty stuff. Um, but anyways, I think uh, the first thing everybody would want to hear about is uh, Batman can technically start filming everybody. Um, so I know that everybody's excited about that. Apparently, the UK has set parameters for productions to get back into production. Oh, so, also, uh, do you know, it has been exactly one year since we got the announcement that Robert Pattinson will be Batman. Yeah, and you know what? He still looks the same. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> just fucking around. But it's true. Oh, man. Um, but... Yeah, so yeah, we t- uh, I saw that today. I saw somebody retweet or like it was like a photo of Matt Reeves's original yeah. tweet, like "Hello, whatever, whatever, or whatever he did." Or he just I think he just yeah. put bats. Um, so yeah, that's crazy to think about. And you know what like, I mean? I I know behind the scenes they've already accomplished a whole lot with the film, but from what we see, there's not a whole lot with the film. You know. No, um, I saw somebody release. I guess the guy that designed the car released a lot of photos. Have yes, you seen those? they're like they're like yeah, they're like toys, yeah, right? It it's looks like a toy. Like a, toy. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, who used to be a writer for the website I was running a while back, he posted a mm-hmm. lot of different photos that were like from the top, from the side, like yeah. And he said Batman theme intensifies, and mm-hmm. the whole bat symbol thing in back of the car can be yeah. seen a lot better without that weird filter that they had. Yeah. Really? I have to go look at the photos because I've only seen like three or four of them. So I'll have to find that one with the back of the thing. But uh, yeah, it, I I saw somebody post it. I was like, that looks really weird. But then somebody mentioned that, oh, it's the designer dropped these. Like the guy that actually designed the freaking Batmobile, which is really weird because I thought it was that Aesop guy or whatever that dude's name yeah. is. But um i guess maybe he designed it but somebody built it maybe that's what you know like the builder maybe released those photos because yeah it does look like a model but it looks pretty cool like i would love to have that on my desk like it looked pretty oh yeah which it's funny because you know i've said it doesn't look like a batmobile to me but uh i am i I mean i would still drive that fucking car (laughs) like you know what i mean it still looks cool it's just you know like i said it doesn't look like a batmobile to me but I'm hoping, like I've said, that maybe it gets destroyed and we get a crazier Batmobile or, you know, we, same thing with the suit. I hope we get a crazier suit. Um, I will say for the first time, since it was the Pattinson thing today, I did hear the score again. thought that was kind of cool again. Like, just seeing that little video yeah. that uh, with the piano and shit. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I forgot that that was pretty fire. Um, so I'm excited to see that. So, yeah, there's not really much to it, guys. It's just that the UK has okayed filming to be go back into production but that doesn't mean that wb is like all right we're going back because again you know corona although we've had some great like protesting this week has just wiped out corona it's like corona doesn't even exist besides people wearing the masks. well i will say but, i think florida said that like 1300 uh new cases of corona was uh was like what's the word i'm looking for uh, but they, they said new cases. There was like 1,300. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But Florida is, you know, we, we try to like not talk about Florida a lot. <laughs> they're kind of weird. Um, you know, they kind of, they're just, they're in, I don't know. They're just weird. They're just, you know, they're the killer moths of America. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, y'all are cool every once in a while. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just crazy. So we don't know what to expect, um, because America seems like it'll get a lot worse, but a lot of other countries seem like they're improving. So Europe seems to have been in a good spot to where they're going to allow stuff to open. I know America's getting to the point where they're just like, fuck it. We need money, um, because the NBA and stuff's going to start coming back, which is what I'm starting to hear. Um, and, uh, yeah. So hopefully in the next month, Batman will be back on track to start filming, and we could start bringing you guys a lot more news. 
Um, there have been some rumors and other stuff. Like, right now, I was telling Clay about this, because uh, we always send each other stuff on Instagram. And I saw people are like, oh, yeah, the Snyderverse is going to come back and stuff like that. So I'm just going to say, please be weary oh, so of the shit you see online. Because you mentioned it. Because uh-huh. you mentioned it just now. That that person quote quoted freaking uh, Grace, right? Randolph. Mm-hmm. She has already today backtracked and said that as of right now, uh, WB and AT&T are only open to the Snyder Cut because she doesn't know anything. She's just yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. She's so garbage. anybody who thinks that um, she is a reliable source, stop talking to her yeah Phil. and we'll talk about that a little bit too freaking kathy yan got into it with with freaking grace <laughs> yeah. i didn't see that i i, didn't I that, saw but... it as it was happening and it was glorious mm-hmm. it was awesome yeah. yeah it's a lot it's crazy when a writer puts you in your place and you're so arrogant that you think you know more than the person that created something like I I I would just love to just taste that amount of entitlement in somebody that you you are you know more than the fucking creator. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what is going on in that yeah, brain? Man. Um, I don't know. I always think she's like just a forty-year-old aunt that's trying to be cool. <laughs> is the way I always get the vibe from her. But she is a terrible human being, in my opinion. Like, she's just spreads lies for clicks and. Please, if you guys watch her, watch her for the comedy aspect. Don't watch her. I I, mean. I genuinely just wait until one of her clips makes its way on Twitter and yeah. make sure that it's not from her. So that way I don't yeah. click on anything that is like hers. I'll I'll yeah. I'll watch somebody who clips like maybe 10 to 15 seconds of something, but I will not watch yeah. any of her videos. No, I don't. I don't watch her either. Um, but yeah, don't. Grace Rudolph's a terrible source. Uh, we got this covered's a terrible source. Uh, comic Cosmic News is a so terrible Cosmic source. News is is somebody who directly gets their information from Grace. So yes, oh, wow. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, it's we got this covered. Cosmic discussing news. film. Yeah, but it's. Is it discussed? There's another one that's different, right? Isn't there like another discussing something that's kind of legit? Uh, uh, like there's, it's so confusing. Yeah. I always go Hollywood Reporter, Variety. If it comes from them, those are super legit. And all the other ones, Deadline eh. has started. Oh, Deadline's yeah, pretty good. So those three. Now yeah. I have two sources from Screen Rant that I talk to occasionally. Uh, they're just really good friends of mine that i've i've started mm-hmm. to talk to uh so i think of them like those writers as somebody that i can trust yeah. but you know me yeah. and juice have talked about it some of the stuff that screen rats put out there is definitely clickbait so you know just yeah. be weary of what you're reading people always check your sources sure. i've thrown something out there as a joke and not a lot of people look at it as a joke. They think I'm like throwing that like as actual information, yeah. and I just forgot to clarify or whatever. But look at your sources. There's a lot of things going yeah. out there right now about uh, HBO Max, about Bane. Bane. Yeah, so just yeah. look out. Definitely, yeah. 
Uh, with that Bane one, it, it's a terrible source, so don't believe that there's anything Baning out there. But with that random information, because we talked about it at work, I kind of came up with a theory that Bane could show up in Suicide Squad because they're in, they filmed in Portugal, I think, Paraguay? Uh, they filmed somewhere, um, you know, outside of the U.S., and uh, it's very, um, what is it? What is Bane's place? Oh my Santa Prisca. Part Santa Prisca. It has that vibe. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Batista just showed up in Suicide Squad randomly as fucking oh, Bane. Oh, dude. That would be and amazing. And then, of course, because James Gunn, he loves costumes. And he mm-hmm. loves, like, genuine aesthetic. So to just yeah. see Dave Batista in the mask. Oh. Yeah. With the muscle shirt and the like the pants and just the wrestling belt oh dude <laughs> he's a wrestler yeah. bro he really looks yeah. amazing it would look so like, good oh yeah dude i'm going to cross you holly quinn <laughs> <laughs> fucking just batty slam like damn that'd be fucking great man and then spin that shit off into a secret six movie because he's been in secret six yeah. before um so yeah dude that, that'd be fucking great um uh, but anyways again check your sources because the bane stuff is not real but i came to that random ass theory and i was like that'd be cool uh, so yeah, the next big thing is uh, we want, we're going to talk about the Harley Quinn show. We're going to end with that. But before that, this news is blowing my mind here about Batwoman. It, well, I'll let you take it and then, and then okay. I'll, I'll have some insight on it. So bring up the description. Cause I want you to read the actual description yes. of what this says. So we thought we've talked, we've been talking about this for the last few podcasts that Ruby Rose, she has left Batwoman. We've gave our opinions on that. And uh, she talked about it last week. Well, reports are coming out from, if I'm not mistaken, you said Hollywood Reporter, so reliable yes. source, right? Um, has coming out and said that they are going to not replace Kate Kane, aka Ruby Rose's character, on Batwoman. They are going to introduce a brand new freaking character to replace Ruby Rose altogether. Yes, and this is stupid and but at the same time very cw in my yes opinion. it is very cw in that sense now yeah i listen to i would say three maybe four almost even five podcasts that talk about the cw at some in some way mm-hmm. shape or form i have reached out to any and all fans that i know of the cw I have two friends in particular that are basically like DC CW encyclopedias because they love it so much. And mm-hmm. everyone hates this. Everyone. <laughs> the yeah. And even going into the hashtags and looking at the article and looking at comments and stuff, this has gotten such a bad response. I can't see CW mm-hmm. going through with it. So, really yeah, quick. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. It mm-hmm. says here, the word of change came via since-deleted casting notice posted to a Batwoman Reddit form per Decider, which reported the news the new character is named Ryan Wilder. Whether that's a placeholder name, it's still unclear. And it is described as a woman in her mid-20s who is... About to become Batwoman. This person is likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. Uh, She is also nothing like Kate Kane, which a lot of people saw that 
and thought mm-hmm. it was a jab at Ruby Rose. The woman who wore the bat suit before her, the notice reads according to Decider, which no one in her life, uh, with no one in her life to keep uh, her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. A girl who would steal milk for an alley cat could also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wily, uh, wildly undisciplined an outed lesbian athletic raw passionate uh fallible and very much not your stereotypical all-american hero that's dumb yeah yeah so this is stupid on many levels but the reason why it is going to i'm not gonna say it's gonna fail because cw has been able to keep all of those shows on the air so they don't fit. Those shows don't fail. The people watch them. They could have zero ratings and they're still on there. Like so, it doesn't. Yeah, matter. so much so um, that just here this week, Legends made a like quarantined commercial for the return of Legends, and mm-hmm. Grant Gustin even says like, "Oh, y'all are y'all are on y'all's fifth season. How have y'all lasted this long?" And that it like that debuted on CW, like, yeah. like Stephen Amell made some jokes about it. Was it like he was? Oh, he was joking. They were joking. Yeah, they were all it? joking nice. about it. But they yeah. made the joke about how surprising it is that Legends has made it to five seasons. Like, yeah, yeah I stopped watching whenever that season the stupid Bobo thing happened or whatever. I was done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Sorry. This fucking big ass mechanical fucking Blue yeah. Elmo, basically. Um Yeah. Oh, are we all thinking about the same thing? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> ah, fuck out of here, show. I thought it was cool when Ray became a super giant. That was yeah. awesome. But then this fucking Bobo thing came out of nowhere. Um but anyways. Um yeah, this is stupid because we are gonna get another fucking season of somebody becoming Batman. Well, that was I that was the biggest that. argument. So, like I said, I kind of jumped into whoever was really talking about this, and the biggest complaint is not only do you ruin the character of Ruby Rose at this point, you ruin all of the relationships that Ruby Rose has made, all the progression the show has made. You are basically coming mm-hmm. up with a new season one. You have yeah. to. And if that's the yeah. case, why did they put season one on HBO Max? It is like it's there's I understand that they probably need to make money off of it. But in doing so, in in the sense of putting a new character as the lead, you were completely getting rid of the first season. Yeah, it, it's pretty stupid um, because now you're going to have you're going to probably stunt the growth of, um, you know, uh, Luke Fox, you know, because he's going to have to introduce all the gadgets and shit to somebody again and be like, first of all, how are you going to explain that she gets into Wayne's thing? Does she just break in there? Like, Ruby Rose made sense. She's like, he's my cousin. I take over the Wayne estate, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? That made sense. He's just going to allow some random person to come in here. Is she going to – how is she going to stumble upon – batwoman yeah like is she gonna get the suit day one like is is lucius you know are luke fox gonna just be walking down the street with a coffee and see her fight somebody and be like oh hey you want to help out Uh, you know like what the fuck are they gonna do to get her in the suit day one you know what i mean 
And like, I just, yeah, it, it's a very stupid idea. I made this joke in our Discord that that, um, what's her name? Willis something? Uh, the chick from Krypton? Wallace Day. Wallace Day. Looks like a fucking carbon copy of Ruby Rose. I would like, say she's even sexier, similar. but that's my own opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, they're both gorgeous women. But my thing is, is like, they look very similar. They both had very short hair. She was a brunette at one point. Like, it was funny because somebody was like, uh-uh, there's no, somebody in my comments was like, no way, there's no way she could pull off oh. the background thing. And I put two, <laughs> I put two almost identical photos of them next to each other. I was like, uh, and, and then I did the stupid SpongeBob, like, oh, they could never look at each other. And then they were like, all right, I stand corrected. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And like, because they looked so similar. And I was like, just get her, say she's Kate Kane, and continue the story. And I know that's probably an issue because, I mean, no, they've definitely recast people in the shows. They recast Flash's mm -hmm. mom. They uh, recasted uh, Mirror Master or some one of them, right? Or is that just a new character or some crap? No, they like, they have recasted uh, Rogues. They have recasted uh, people on Arrow. Uh, they recasted yeah. uh, freaking what's her name? Uh, freaking uh, Amanda Waller. Yeah, they recasted yeah. that character on the Arrowverse. Like, mm -hmm. and not only did they recast, they recasted and didn't say anything about it in show. They're they're like, yeah. okay, this is the character, and yes, us as the viewers are like, hey, that person looks different. Oh well, let's mm -hmm. continue the show, and that's exactly what they yeah. need to do here. Because otherwise, you're, like I said, completely ruining that first season. And almost makes me not yeah. even want to watch that first season that you've already worked so hard on and are trying to make money mm -hmm. off of. Yeah, and what's going to happen? Because I'm not caught up on the show, but didn't it end hinting at Hush? Yeah, it, or, end, it ended yeah. with hinting at Hush. And people are already trying to make up theories as of, why you know this new character would come in and they're like oh crap do you know what this means this means that ruby rose is probably going to make some excuse to where she needs to go find bruce and she's going to leave which will ultimately leave the reveal of bruce that much longer or even mm -hmm. the you know the real the reveal of hush you know they they have set up so much stuff. And even the relationship between Rose and... Uh, not not uh, Rose, Kate. Kate Kane and her sister, Alice. Like, mm -hmm. and you're just going to throw yeah. that relationship away? That people have said, tons of people have said, the character that is playing... Uh, or the actress that is playing the character Alice, she is the showrunner. She is the star of the show. Yeah. Well... Now you're going to make that even more so with a brand new character. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a stupid move. Um, I think you just recast and forget, which is what's going to happen in the DCEU, which is going to forget about Ben, and we're going to go with Pattinson. Um, especially if all these rumors we're hearing are that Cavill's going to come back and do cameos and stuff like that. I don't see them keeping Reeves' stuff separate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you're just gonna, you're just gonna forget, or there's gonna be the multiverse or whatever, you know what I mean? 
Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But this is yeah, this is very stupid. Um, I don't know why. The thing is, I don't like that they said that she's like what goofy or clumsy. Yeah, or they said like that. she's because that is just super. She girl. is. Let me go back to it. Like you don't need a clumsy, goofy uh, back. That that's Batgirl. Like honestly, they said she is likable, messy, and a little goofy and untamed. All of those contradict yeah. each other. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think it's a bad idea. Um, hopefully, CW. Do you know what? Do you know what that is? Reaction. Do you know what that is? That's Felicity. Oh, likable, messy, a little She's goofy, and untamed. That is Felicity. She's going to come back, and she's going to be the star. Oh, my God. That would be fucking terrible. Uh, oh, listen, he come back. Spectre and Batwoman. <laughs> um, I never finished that because I thought the idea of Ollie being Spectre was so stupid. I don't know why. I never watched it. Um, I still need to go read back. I need, I need to get my closure from fucking Gotham Central. I need to go read those issues. Yeah. When he yeah. dies. I need that closure still. Um, sorry, you gotta go listen to a couple episodes back for that random reference, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so yeah, we both think this is stupid. Um, and CW's making a mistake, so, yay. Uh, but you wanna know something that's not making a mistake? That is freaking Harley Quinn animated it series. It is so it good. It is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh my god. So, if you guys have not caught up on this cuz I don't know if we talked about this last week. No, we Did didn't it? talk about uh okay. the last few yeah, episodes. The maybe. last one we talked about was uh Mr. Freeze. Holy shit. So, since then, uh they got uh sentenced to prison where they had to go live in Bane's <laughs> hole, which sounds really <laughs> weird. Um they escaped and when they escaped, they ended up kissing. And that led to Harley Quinn not being able to handle uh, her super lesbian love for Ivy. And going to Apocalypse and... to try to forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, because she's such a badass and she's such an evil she's, boss. She is such she a is. badass that kisses everybody. That's That was the yeah. one thing that whole episode. That just randomly kisses everybody. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm such a badass and I just kiss people. Uh, and so she beats the shit out of Granny Goodness. Or I should say, um, you know, Mr. Hard-On uh, Psycho. <laughs> fucking dude he was so great in that ish that freaking episode he's like i'm rock hard uh so awesome but um yeah so she ends up becoming uh what is it her i guess granny harley or i don't know what the the disciple name would but be but she for has the suit um, of freaking big barda that's why i was so confused yeah, yeah. So um, she ends up going down to fight Gordon to take over the world or take over Gotham. She ends up, uh, you know, Ivy talks her down. And she's like, you know, this isn't you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, all right, yeah, pull. So she stops being that. Uh, Psycho quits the group because he's like, oh, fuck this. Because he wanted to rule the world. Yeah. So uh, he's like, we had a good thing and you messed it up. And so he quit, which is very interesting. And then uh, this last episode was uh, the bachelorette party and the bachelor party for <laughs> Kite Man and Ivy. And so this show is just fucking fantastic. So Harley Quinn takes uh, Jen, Jennifer, uh, which is Ivy's oldest friend, uh, Catwoman and Mrs. Freeze to Themyscira Island for a good party time. 
and uh, and then Kite Man is on a boat with King Shark, Clayface, Clayface, and the and fucking Ivy's plant. plant. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're just having a good time making a puzzle, <laughs> and so randomly, fucking, there's a Little Mermaid story going on in with this King episode Shark. Yeah. because. Yeah, because he's actually a prince to the kingdom of the kingdom of sharks. That's called. what it is. Yeah. So uh, this lobster comes out of nowhere, just like fucking was it yeah, Sebastian yeah, or yeah. is that his name? Sebastian from fucking Little Mermaid, and he's all like, "Oh, I forget what he calls him. I don't know his." Yeah, real I forgot name. his real name too. But he's like, yeah. "You have to come back." <laughs> yeah, he's super Jamaican for some reason, and he's all like, "You have to come back to the kingdom," and like he fucking, he's like, "Fine, I'll go do this." But he or tells whatever. everybody, he's like, "Don't and, complete uh, the puzzle until I come back." That that was like the yeah. big thing. He's like, "Don't complete this puzzle," and so they leave. But during this time of this whole like Little Mermaid story for for King Shark, uh, the bachelor bachelorette party happens at the Mascara Island, where. Uh, freaking all of the Amazons are clearly under some sort of con- mind control. And it yeah. is now like a, a resort. They take an invisible airplane to the <laughs> to Themyscira where freaking mm-hmm. birds are running into it and like splattering all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And then there's an yeah. invisible van to pick them up or an invisible shuttle to pick them up where birds yeah. do the exact same thing. But... Uh, basically Catwoman, like is kind of like you what did you hook up with her like what what's going on yeah. and she's like fine yes i kissed her and she's like yeah i, I honestly didn't really want to know i just wanted to call you out on your shit she's like oh yeah. well uh well since you've already talked to me i'm gonna talk to you about it and you know everything kind of you know is semi-normal and harley is like really yelling at everybody like trying to make things normal and try to have you know ivy have like the best time of her life and yeah. so they go to, I guess, another island where it's all full of men. And it's yeah. basically like a strip club type thing. And mm. all of them get drunk. And the next thing you know, like everybody blacks out. They wake up and Harley and Ivy are fucking naked in the bed. Yeah. And I love Ivy's response. This happens twice. And Ivy mm. just like wakes up. Looks at Harley and just goes, "Son of a fucking bitch! What the fuck? Yeah. Fuck! Fuck!" And she, dude, she completely is just like, "God damn it! What the fuck just happened?" And they yeah. figure out that you know the island is under mind control, and they fix mm-hmm. that problem. I love how Ivy got Cobb Squad tattooed, and yeah. she's like, "It's Cobb." She's squad. like, "Wait, seriously? Nobody else got this except for me." And everybody's like, "Yeah, sorry, Ivy." <laughs> and so they save Hippolyta, they save uh, Themyscira, and they're about to have a fucking rager. You know, Harley's like super excited yeah. about the rager, and they black yeah. out again. And Harley and Ivy wake up again in bed, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And but yeah. Harley's all for it. She's like, "Are you sure?" Like, come on, you you didn't think that was like the greatest thing ever? Like, you didn't have fun at all? Yeah, but. I love this episode. I'm sure you, like, I got a chuckle out of the Little Mermaid thing. What, mm. like, I I don't know. I think it's because I get it enough from Brian Michael Bendis. But the poop yeah. jokes in here with uh-huh. that stupid song. So, Under the Sea, 
they do what yeah. what is this version they call it uh down i don't know they just like they, they the yeah earth. they they call it down in the ocean or something like that so instead yeah. of under the sea they call it down in the ocean and it's a mm. poop parody of under the sea about how the greatest yeah. thing about living in the ocean is that you can poop anywhere you want yeah yeah i think that was very like <laughs> I just love that it was a fucking Little Mermaid parody. Like it was just so funny. Like I didn't, I didn't give a fuck about the song in general. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. I'm like, I can't believe they're doing a fucking Little Mermaid parody in this show right now. And then you know, we saw that he ends up having to go marry this like ugly ass hammerhead shark that's all smoking and fucking like I don't give a fuck about you. Like it's just like damn. And his dad's all hardcore with like spikes and a scar over his eye and all this shit. And, uh, yeah, he ends up getting married, which we find out. And he's like, ah, we're going to see other people and find out who we actually love. Well, we're going to be together in appearances or in public. And, uh, which I thought that was random and shit. But, uh, I love that Kite Man was like, Ivy's such my soulmate. And she's so great. And everybody's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, nobody's, like, acknowledging that. And, um, but the thing I loved about the whole Harley thing, uh, which we haven't even got to the the craziest part of the episode yet, but I love when the first time they hook up, she's all like, "Oh yeah, I mean you weren't a big you, like you weren't like enjoying that, you know, like the five fucking orgasmic great times," or she said like something like that, and I'm just like, oh, like fuck," <laughs> and uh, it's just like so fucking hilarious. And then I think like um, I think Catwoman calls him out on it. She's like, "So y'all really did hook up, right?" Or something about some shit like that. I think she called yeah. her out again. And uh, but the crazy thing is Ivy's like. I don't know about this Harley. She's like, I don't know this and that. And she's like, I just got to think about this. Cause like, uh, Harley expresses her whole love uh, to her and whatever. And they fly back to fucking Gotham. And, uh, Mrs. Freeze, uh, who says she could never love another man has hooked up with like the biggest dude at the fucking strip club and <laughs> took her back to Gotham. And they start doing it immediately in the car when she gets in there. Um, and then fucking, uh, Jen's with her husband or whatever. And she's like, I go by Jen now instead of Jennifer. He's like, what happened on that island? (laughs) And, uh, so like there's all this shit. And then you see like Harley getting off and Ivy just like fucking destroys her. And she's like, look, man, you're my best friend. I love you. I would do anything for you. She was like, but I feel like I I can't be your flavor of the week. Like, you change so much. And, like, you want world world domination. And you want to do this. You want to do that. She's like, I don't want to be your, like, next thing. She's like, and I I can't do this. I'm going to marry Kite Man. And Kite Man shows up. He's like, what's (laughs) up, babe? And then he, like, you know, they fly away. And she's just there, like, broken on the plane. And you're just like fuck fuck (laughs) and dude like it's so great that they went like balls to the wall comedy in season one and season two they're like oh we're gonna hit you in your fucking feels now that you enjoy these comedic characters we're still gonna give you some comedy but now we're gonna give you some real fucking heart-wrenching stories and like it's it's so good and i think i think dc universe should really just hone in on animation oh yeah Honestly. Yeah, with with the with the enormous success apparently. I still haven't watched it, but with the enormous success of the Apocalypse War movie that they just mm-hmm. had, the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, people yeah. loved that movie. Uh it has mm-hmm. a little bit of like retconning shit because it's the last movie in mm-hmm. that series, but their animation has been top-notch since the very beginning of their animation stuff since 
mm-hmm. uh, Batman Gotham Knights since Green Lantern First Flight, which was their first like non Batman movie. Like these things are awesome. And if you mm-hmm. like I honestly don't know what the budgets look like for these types of animation or anything yeah. like that. But if you give me the budget of let's say a Doom Patrol, a Titans, or a Stargirl and put it into animation, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if it's even that much. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? No. Like, I don't know if like a Pixar movie costs as much as an Avengers yeah. movie. You yeah, know what I mean? for sure. Like, and there is um, there is clearly different animation styles that will take, you know, mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. So I can clearly understand the difference in budgets for animation. Yeah. But who knows, man? I would really love to know that stuff. Yeah. I would love a dramatic Wonder Woman or fuck it. Give me another dramatic Batman series, man. Yeah. Like a fucking like hardcore, like maybe rated R Batman drama in animation. Like that'd be fucking great. Um, but I've always said, like, why isn't there a fucking Wonder Woman cartoon? It blows my mind that there's not a Wonder Woman cartoon. Um, because, like, right now, like I said, you have Gal Gadot. I mean, even if you could get her to be Wonder Woman if she wanted to, like, hey, do you want to do the voice? If not, bring back the original Wonder Woman actress, because I love her. Oh, yeah, no, she's, from she, the, from the Justice League show, she loves yeah. being Wonder Woman, and she advocates for yeah. the return of Justice League all the time. She's ready for it. I'd say do it. Yeah. But from what I yeah. from what I've known because I still haven't seen it. I know it's on the DC Universe app, but I still haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. The Wonder Woman movie that just recently came out, apparently that is the weakest link of all of the animated movies recently. So, I would say, yeah. Really? Which with characters, the one where she fought that like metal yeah, bird person? That is part Ah, that one was go that was dope though. That was see, a, a lot of like they're I, I would say that you, you and maybe four other people that I've heard of say that that's a good compared to like yeah. the 50 people that I've that I've heard say that it wasn't all that great. So, yeah, really that last battle sequence is bad. She gets blinded, man, and shit like it's fucking awesome. Like the last sequence. Of the I, I would honestly I would honestly say if we're never going to get a God of War esque Wonder Woman game, give me a God of War esque mm-hmm. Wonder Woman cartoon series. Yeah. Yeah, because like her fighting gods and shit, I think would be really cool. I mean, she has some good villains of her own. I mean, right now, the comic series, uh, she's going to fight like the four horse women. Yeah of the apocalypse or whatever like that's kind of cool um yeah i don't know man i i honestly think dc because what we're hearing and what that i don't know what that guy's name was baggy or bagely or the guy that said that the snyder cut's going to be more than 30 mil um you know he threw out that that saying that he's like oh yeah the our dc shows are going to be way high oh yeah bob green something yeah um yeah so green green black or some shit like that um, you know, he said that those are going to be like, you know, the CW's cute and all basically is what he said. He's like, but our shit's going to be fucking cinematic masterpieces. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm down for it, especially if it's going to be Justice League Dark and Green Lanterns. Like, that's going to be fucking fire. I love so many HBO shows, so I'm just so hyped for what they're going to do with DC properties. And um, if you want to go ahead and be like, you know what? We're going to throw Titans over there. We're going to throw Doom Patrol. We're going to throw everything. And, but you still need 
content for the DC Universe app, fucking just do it for animation. Just make it adult. I think people would still pay the amount for it. Like, you know what I mean? I think so. Especially since you're giving the cartoons, like, what, they show up like 30 days after the release on VOD? Yeah, so so the way they do it is a movie will come out on digital one day, and then two to four weeks after that, it's released physically. When it is released physically, Mm -hmm. that's when it comes up on DC Universe. Okay. Yeah, so I'm waiting for that on Apocalypse War, because I want to watch that then. But that's how I watched the Wonder Woman one. And I, I, I enjoyed that one, but then again, I don't, again, there's not a lot of Wonder Woman content yeah. out there. So which, it's like, I don't Which have is crazy because ever since that movie, I would say Wonder Woman is number two, if not number three, of the top IPs for DC. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they're called the Trinity, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I mean... You could argue with, you know, it's unfortunate because we've had all this drama with Cavill and he's not been able to, like, boost up Superman's, like, popularity. You could say Harley Quinn surpassed Superman in mainstream popularity because we when was when was fucking Man of Steel? When was BVS? Five years BVS ago? BVS was about five years ago. Uh, Man of Steel was 2013. Yeah, it's seven years ago. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about Justice League. He's just a joke in there. So it's like, you know, Harley Quinn's been, like, movie, movie, movie. Oh, we didn't talk about that. There's going to be possibly another Harley Quinn movie. Like, that's the rumor that happened last yeah. podcast was that WB is gearing up for another Harley Quinn. I will say, if we get the air cut and it boosts Harley Quinn's popularity and David Ayer's popularity in that movie, give him Sirens, City yeah. Sirens. Yeah, let him do that movie. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to use Black Mask unless he somehow does my theory and just say, like, all of that bullshit that you saw in Birds of Prey, that was a joke. And bada bing, bada boom. Here's fucking. Um, he wouldn't do that because you know he's fighting for his own cut over here, and he's gonna like just say fuck you to. I was gonna say Kathy Yen responded but, to David Ayer saying, "Hey, yeah, I know the feeling," and that's what brought up yeah. the conversation of you know what exactly it yeah. was that got torn to bits on her movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting, but I think. See, I would love to see um I think I think Zack Snyder's uh thing is very different. Like his his process and everything that happened there is very different than what happened with Jan and Ayers because if I'm not mistaken, we know that Ayers thing got changed because of the bad reviews from BBS and the um, you know, the crazy uh success of Guardians. Yeah. Like I think he said that. So he got it got chopped up in the editing room. Kathy Yan, if I'm not mistaken, people that viewed early cuts of it weren't feeling, I guess, the penis joke or whatever in the diamond. Yeah. And all so that stuff. the thing with that, it wasn't even actually it, it wasn't an actual penis. That was it was yeah. actually what had happened was uh uh what's the black mask's name uh uh, uh freaking Ronan yeah Sinos? yeah Roman. Uh, he yeah. actually commissioned a statue to be made mm-hmm. with him as the model, and it was supposed to resemble Michelangelo's David. And if you know that statue, mm-hmm. it's a statue of a naked man. So yeah. there was going to be like a visual of his genitals, but in a statue mm-hmm. form. Yeah. 
So it has nothing to do with the diamond. Yeah, so that's the picture inside the diamond. Oh. The picture... So then... The, the so picture is the... Did she talk about... We'll go... I'm just like... Yeah, did she talk about the code? Like, was that just inserted? Like, I want to know how different yeah, so that movie is. so everything that has to do with inside the diamond, the like everything, mm-hmm. that's all ADR. You can definitely tell if you watch the movie again, every time they talk about the diamond, nobody is on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's either mm-hmm. a flashback, it's either a sequence of some kind, but there you never see somebody talking about the actual contents of inside the diamond like you never see it coming from somebody's mouth so the diamond was there but it was just a different thing inside of the code yeah okay interesting but she's still fucked over cassandra kane so fuck that movie unless that was different was there actually cassandra kane was there a good fight in there kathy young like if you know what wb fucking hbo max give her 30 million dollars to reshoot all of the freaking cassandra kane shots and we can get a real one in there that's what i want kathy yonka with cassandra kane um but yeah i don't know if that's the only thing different about that movie i still think but it's probably something crap. to be wary of when thinking about david Ayer's cut because uh what uh simmons who played freaking mm-hmm. gordon let us know in an interview Zack Snyder had to get permission from every actor to move forward with Zack Snyder's Justice League. So Ayer will have to do the exact same thing when it comes to his movie. So everybody's expecting it to happen like fairly soon. He has to get in contact Mm -hmm. with Marco Robbie, with Will Smith, with every single one of those actors to say, hey, Mm -hmm. can I do this? Yeah. I don't see who wouldn't like. I feel like Leto would be the first one. Fuck yeah, that, bro. Like, cause that just means I'm coming back as yeah. Joker. I think that's what he would be. Yeah. See, I could, I could see that, cause that's kind of one of those things. Like in comic books, like you can't just draw people in comic books. Like you have to get their fucking yeah. okay, um, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I'm. Like I said, I would be way more excited about Air's Cut just because I feel like that movie felt totally different. I actually went back and watched that first trailer. It's so That different. first trailer has gotten so many views within the last like few weeks because of how much David has yeah. talked about it. Yeah, it's insane because I... I uh genuinely forgot about that part where he's all like, oh, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just gonna like you know uh, what did he say? Uh, something something really yeah. really bad, like yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that wasn't in the fucking movie. And that was the one I, part that everybody of... said, oh, I got chills. Like this is gonna be a crazy fucking yeah. movie, and nothing ever happened from it. Yeah, and he said that he said that his first act was like he took inspiration from Nolan, like for his first act of that movie, like it was a yeah. drama. And he said it had some really great acting between Leto and Harley, and, and it, it was gonna Matt. like really establish the relationship. And yeah. I would have loved that. Yeah, and I so yeah. If anybody gets their cut, honestly, I I want to see his because I just feel like his vision got destroyed. And you could say that the same thing about Zach's, but. 
Zach's footage is like, you know, it, he just didn't get to finish the film. You know what I mean? Like that's I think had, you know, his daughter not unfortunately passed away. I think he still finishes the film, whether WB liked him or not. But David Ayer just got his shit destroyed in the editing room. And, um, yeah, so I'm hoping he gets it. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. So, yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we gave you another jam-packed episode. We do it every week. This is why I don't ever tell anybody how long my podcasts are. I'm just like, oh, you should listen. You should just listen. Um, but anyways, guys, if you've been here through this whole podcast, we really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Clay, what are you covering on your podcast? Yeah, so I have, of course, three episodes every single week. Uh, we, uh, look over the Marvel Unlimited app, the DC Universe app, uh, and the Shonen Jump app every Thursday, uh, Friday and Saturday. Also, if you would like to hear me talk more about HBO Max and some DC films, along with that whole conversation with Kathy Ann, go ahead and check out the DC Film Squadcast with Tim and Scott. Uh, I am going to be on their latest episode, which was already uh, published. So technically it's already there. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, of course, you can always follow me over on twitch.tv slash juice from the box. We will be streaming this weekend. I told my Discord that I will more than likely be doing a 12-hour stream sometime in July to support the funding for my comic book. So definitely be on the lookout here or in the future for that because I will talk about it here on the podcast. So hopefully, if you guys want to support that in the future, definitely let you know. But if you you know just want to come out and hang out, chat, play some video games, definitely come do that too. Of course, I upload... You know, about five times a week on the Juice Reacts channel. Definitely come check that out. It's a good time. And I am slowly trying to get back into the content on my main channel, which is Batman-focused, just like this podcast. So definitely go subscribe to that as well. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember, Batman is awesome. (laughs) 